Hey, it's Debbie here. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. But you can also hear the Dave and Dujanovic show live on KSL News Radio Monday through Friday, starting at nine, or at KSLNewsRadio.com. Keyword podcast. So text that keyword to five seven five zero zero, and you'll be entered to win a pair of AirPod Pros. And be sure to listen for a new keyword next week and every week this February for even more chances to win. Eye on the Hill 2024. Special coverage with Dave and Dejanovic. There's a Utah lawmaker, Dave, who wants to cut short Utah's experiment uh, with ranked choice voting. And the proposal has uh, now advanced in the legislature. Uh, the bill sponsor's name is Katie Hall. Uh, saying that ranked choice voting in Utah has, it's run its course. This experiment has kind of run its course and feels like it's on the decline already. And so why keep it going for even one more year? Ranked choice voting oh, is tricky. You know, so much of our voting is is like high school. Here's two candidates. You pick your favorite. The one that gets the most, that's the winner. Ranked choice voting has a lot of different layers to it. It requires software to tally the votes. And I think when you lose some of that simplicity, you lose some of the trust. Well, this would repeal it, this pilot project. Um, It was supposed to, the project was supposed to end in January of 2026. So it would end um, in a few weeks. I don't. I think a lot of people have some heartburn with ranked choice voting. Um, they're not quite sure how what it's like. I mean, it just steps away from what we know from voting, and it puts us in just a different mode um, when we're looking at our ballot. There might be some confusion. And I know you spoke uh, briefly this morning to Representative Katie Hall. What What did she have to say? Well, the the big question was why. Why do you think it's kind of run its course? Because this does not affect all elections. This is not being used to select the governor or mm-hmm. select uh, our representatives. This is done on the municipal level. So this, this is your mayors, your city council. So that's what I wanted to know is, is where is the complaint coming from? The complexity of it um, is an issue. I think they, they feel like, because um, right now it's only used in municipal elections. So only municipalities can decide and vote on if they want to use it or not. And so that is a new way of voting for an entire city that is decided by five people. And, and so there is a big frustration with that, um, not, to, not to mention just the complexity that's gone on with it. It's supposed to be something that's cheaper, and there has been some cities who said they found it wasn't. I think there has been a couple of cities who have, have said they've liked it and, and have found some cost savings with not having to do a primary. Um, but I think as far as election confidence goes right now, it's kind of at a low, and this is something that, that we feel like can help with restoring some election confidence to people who are really worried about the ranked choice voting. Now, ranked choice voting for for those that haven't done it, and most of us haven't. Most of us uh, live in places that that have not adopted this. It's basically if you wanted uh, had me, Debbie, and Jeff Kaplan all on the ballot, you would just rate us, rank us in what order. It's like I want Debbie number one, but if Debbie can't be the one, then it's Jeff Kaplan, and then Dave 
pulling up the rear, right? That's He's my third option. So that's kind of how ranked choice voting works, overly simplistic. But uh, then when you start taking all of these votes and compiling them together, then figuring out who wins is a little bit more complicated. Derek Monson is the chief growth officer at Sutherland Institute. Good morning, Derek. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Uh, what's the Sutherland Institute stance on ranked choice voting? Do you like it? Well, we think that the pilot program has shown enough evidence that there's some benefit for it for, for certain cities that like it, that we ought to let them continue to use it. I mean, it's something that's been selected by the duly elected representatives of those cities, uh, you know, an expression of the will of the people through their elected representatives, just like we see at the legislature passing legislation and that kind of thing. And so taking that away, we think there ought to be a pretty high bar for that and don't don't see it in the debate thus far on HB 290. One of the benefits of ranked choice voting is uh, the, the elimination of a primary. Can you walk us through that? Yeah, so some cities have chosen to use ranked choice voting such that instead of having a primary in the spring in, a, in an odd year, uh, all the candidates go through to the general election and then are uh, voted on by ranked choice voting. That's not a requirement of the program. Some people have used or some cities have used ranked choice voting to have a primary, but it allows you to eliminate the primary if the city desires to do so. Derek Monson is the chief growth officer at Sutherland Institute. I have him on the line uh, to talk about ranked choice voting and uh, the, the support that it has. Um, what about this argument uh, that it's complex and can be confusing? We've been doing things the one way for, I don't know, long, long time. And, and now uh, we've we've got this new way of doing things. What's What's your take on that? Well, it's it's very interesting because when you look at polling data, Sutherland recently released a poll with Y2 Analytics asking people about ranked choice voting. And uh, the overall result was Utah likely voters think by a 60-40 margin that, that ranked choice voting ought to remain an option for cities. But among voters who had used it, the support goes even higher. And so if there was a broad level of confusion based on experience, you'd think it would be the opposite. And so I just don't see that playing out in how people express their views on ranked choice voting. Was there any kind of change when it came to voting for your city mayor and using ranked choice voting for, say, voting for governor? Yes, there was. Uh, specifically, there was a much more support of, for ranked choice voting at a city level than there was for elections for state office. And so, again, this points to keeping it as an option for cities. Don't mandate it. Don't completely remove it. But for the cities that want to use it and who have had good experience with it, let them keep going with it. Derek Monson, thank you for joining us from the Sutherland Institute. It just hit me when Derek was talking about the 60 percent of Utah likely voters think that ranked choice voting should remain an option for cities and towns in Utah. And I'm like, why is it so high? And I wonder if people feel like they, even if their first candidate didn't win, at least their second choice won, or at least their third choice has a shot at getting, uh, you know, elected. Whereas it's if it's just the straight ticket, one person, person with the most votes wins kind of election. Um, you know, if you're if your person doesn't win, I mean, you're a loser. <laughs> you know, nobody likes yeah. to be a loser. So yeah, filling it out is. Also a little bit more burdensome. I think there is a, a tendency, say there are seven uh, candidates, that you, you've got to list all seven candidates. And maybe point. you didn't do enough research that you know all seven candidates. Now, 
in ranked choice voting, you don't have to include all the candidates. You can just say, hey, of these seven candidates, I only want to rank the top two. You absolutely can do that as well. But that just kind of speaks to the point that does everyone know these little uh, details or is it just more confusing? Straight ahead, I think this is really the Katie Hall, Representative Katie Hall Hour, because she's sponsoring some legislation that has to do with car registrations and how we pay for them. They're living paycheck to paycheck. This will help with budgeting, you know, their payment that they need to pay every month. That's right. She is proposing that we have an option to stop paying our car registrations in one lump sum (laughs) whenever they're due and spread it out in monthly installments. Uh, But there's a lot more to this. Uh, We're going to talk about this proposal next.